Hail and hello, everyone. Welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, a Midgard Musings production. Join me, Jesse, your host, as we discuss random heathen-related topics and various other things in an attempt to find where, if any, heathen worldviews can be applied. You can support this podcast by clicking on the Linktree link in the description or show notes. You can also follow me on all of my social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and become a patron on Patreon. Join me every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and many, many. you wish to have your voice heard on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, you can dial in to 615-671-9832. Thank you all once again for listening to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast. Enjoy and hail to you all. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, everybody. Hail and welcome back indeed. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, brought to you by uh, me. This is a uh, brought to you by me and uh, our good friends at Anchor. Anchor.fm. If you're looking to um, spread your own voice on the podcast waves, consider checking it out. It's working well enough for me. Um, so thanks for that. Um, so how's everybody doing today? Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a great, uh, this past weekend and, you know, most of what's, what's, uh, happened this week. So hope, hope it's all been good for you. Um, I wanted to call attention to a couple of things, you know, and as far as like the, the housekeeping stuff, if you guys are watching this on Facebook, you'll notice that you can now give stars. Um, and so far as I understand stars are on, on the Facebook platform is, uh, a way for you to uh, support your content creators monetarily um, by giving them stars. So one star is an equivalent of one U.S. penny or one cent. Um, so you can quite literally offer your two cents every week if you wanted to or so choose. Um, I think there might be a minimum of like 50 stars, but hey, you know, not only can you offer your two cents, you can offer your 50 cents. Um I need all the sense that I can get. <laughs> I need to be able to make all the sense that I can possibly um, make. So consider that if this is where you're catching the the podcast. And also, if you notice down here on the YouTube banner uh, down below, there is now direct links to the Midgard Musings merchandise store or spring store. There are some featured items down here, but I offer much more than what you might see on that initial uh, roll bar of, of of products. So check it out. Um, of course, when you do buy merchandise from the store, I do see a uh, percentage of that commission earned. So it, it it definitely helps monetarily as well. And it also gives you uh, some gear to sport. You know, you can go to your pagan events and go to your um, band practices or go out to eat and, you know, have the uh, Midgard Musings bind room and some other neat um, symbols and, and, and things. When people ask about it, man, that shirt or that hoodie or those leggings or those socks or whatever it is that you get look really cool. Where can I get one? You can say, hey, check out the Midgard Musings um, channel on YouTube or go to, um, you know, the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast on YouTube, whatever. Uh, check it out. Get you some stuff uh, for yourself. So anyway, um, and in all of the other ways that are there and the link tree link that's posted in every episode and all of the video descriptions and podcast show notes be sure to 
check all that fun stuff out. Uh, today we have a guest who is a uh, musician. He has a YouTube channel as well and is a Norse heathen or Norse pagan. Um, so we are going to be welcoming in Blake Russell, who is better known by his uh, online moniker as Skaldic Works. Uh, you can find him for sure here on YouTube. Um, I believe he also has an Instagram page. Um, there's a link tree link, I think, to all of his social sites and and, and whatnot. Uh, but he he plays the um, the bow harp or the the chala harp, I think it's called. I think I've heard it pronounced differently in different languages or different uh, dialects. But the chala harp, you know, it's that kind of droning sounding fiddle um, that a lot of um, individuals and musicians that uh, play the Nordic folk style of music play. So he has, again, um, videos up here on his YouTube channel, which is going to be linked. So be sure to check him out, subscribe to his channel, follow along what he does. Um, and we're going to bring him on here today to talk about, um, I'm sure, that and uh, just kind of whatever else tickles our pickles and, and, and strikes our interest or sets our minds on fire or um, puts our ships in harbor or whatever the other phrases that you can think of that uh, mean some of the things that I just alluded to. Um, so for the first time on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, please welcome Scalded Works. All right, folks. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are joined now for the very first time on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast with, uh, this is Blake, uh, better known uh, by his uh, online moniker as Scaldic Works. So thank mm -hmm. you for tuning in and uh, thank you for being a guest on the show today, uh, Blake. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay. So I, I mentioned earlier that uh, you are a musician. Um, you've got your YouTube channel um, yeah. and you play, and I, I think it's, pronounced tiala tiala harp toggle harp toggle toggle harp okay i was adding toggle. maybe <laughs> i was adding uh i was adding uh enunciations that that didn't belong i guess <laughs> evidently yeah. but it's also it's also known as a tal harp or the or tal harpa or toggle harp toggle harpa is what it's really called it's okay. also called the stray copper harp harpa and how long have you been playing this for uh, since probably 2021, so about a year, a little over wow. a year. Um, what's your musical background like? What um, what kind of brought you into the pursuit of that particular instrument? Okay, well, have? I have many musical backgrounds. I've been um, exposed to music for since I was born, mm -hmm. and I've been exposed to mostly the like the old country. Um, like 90s on back to like bluegrass scene okay which i can which i can play those instruments as well um thanks to my grandfather but i did grow start to lean towards more like heavy metal back towards maybe in my 20s early mm -hmm. 20s me too and stuff <laughs> as well i got <laughs> i got the heavy metal and stuff and pretty much throughout the uh it was like I think it was like around 2006. I think I got or seven. I I got into heavy metal, or hard rock, and then heavy metal, and just started leaning towards that. And I've been on and off again with the guitar and stuff. And hmm. but it's it's basically just a ADHD thing going yeah. on. But we uh, have a we had a band like right before COVID happened. Around um, to late 2019, yeah, and that was a part of, and I played rhythm on that that one, and then we had our first show, our first and only show at that time, and they wanted me to switch over later on after um, COVID hit, and we can't had to cancel one of our shows at the uh, it was um, a a place in Huntsville. Okay, we so we're going to play it. When you say switch over, you mean like switch instruments or? Yes. Um, after after that, they wanted me to switch to bass. Mm. And my friend who played bass was switching over to guitar. Gotcha. But as slowly as it slowly progressed, I just felt like this is not the direction I wanted to go. 
And yeah. I started listening to, like, of course, bands like Ward Runa, um, Haylong, Donheim, mm-hmm. um, and, some, and I can't remember who else, Scold as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's how I that's how I got into the, the toggle hoppa as the instrument because I was gonna try to get me like a a lyre, uh-huh. and try to get that um down, but it's like ooh a bowed a bowed version of this. Yeah. And the thing is, I have actually violin background. Oh wow! So okay. That came easy to me to learn this this instrument. Um, I actually both played both. Not only um, but I had violin lessons when i was young i also play fiddle style um, yeah so the bluegrass influences and stuff that from your from 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 growing up yeah for sure yeah oh and they oh from there also i'm a i'm a competing uh i used to be a competing harmonica player oh yeah yeah dude i took yeah i took about fifth place in the majority of the ones i've i've competed in very cool. I uh I used to like I say I um I used to have a a number of harmonicas and I never got like really good at them but I thought I felt like it was a relatively easy instrument to learn how to play knowing yeah. where to blow on the reeds and 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 whatnot. I mean, I can't read a lick of sheet music at yeah. all, but listening to a song, I could like find the tone and whatever on the harmonicas and 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 play it with relative ease so as a child you know i was like oh this is a fun instrument and my dad you know he was a a drummer um and and so i've always kind of picked up on the percussions you know uh type instrument yeah. so you know like the drum and, and stuff is is kind of like a, a i naturally gravitate toward that i'm always you know tapping on things and tapping yeah. my feet or bobbing my head or whatever so that like desire to just keep rhythm is is always mm-hmm. there um yeah. And then I have I was gifted a a a lyre over Yule this mm-hmm. past year, and uh, I, I I said I you know I'm I'm not I've I think I've learned like maybe one song on it, not even a full one, and I haven't gotten the whole thing fully tuned because there's so many there's, yeah. there's like different tunings that you gotta play for different songs, which I never realized. I'm like oh well, there's more to this than I I guess. Same expected. with toggle harpa. Same with toggle oh. harpa because you have different keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has a certain range depending on the depending on the build of the instrument because sometimes that hole like on mine is real short mm-hmm. but then when you when you get to the longer one oh, some that have longer ones and then you get to the bass range which okay. that's actually a more of a modern take on that instrument hmm. or the bass and cello range um Tago harpa yeah are they uh I mean, so they have, have different sizes, but as far as like the the, the number of strings on them, I, I I've seen ones that have what looks like just like maybe three or four strings, like nothing very complicated, and then I've seen others with with more. But yeah, traditionally they're four, but a lot of them have been using three strings lately because of um because of Einar Selvik, for pronouncing his right name right, I can't. Yeah, from Warduna, yeah. Yeah, um, he uses a three string which. He calls it a toggle hop of the, the, the earlier one. Um, his model, the shape of it, is more against the Yohiko. Or I think, yeah, Yohiko. Um, I keep pronouncing it wrong because I got called out one time trying to teach a lesson on that. But they say it's actually smaller than what he was playing. But um, mm-hmm. the thing is, the, the luthier that created my instrument, his, his versions are about a little bit bigger than the traditional um, finish model okay but um he started so, so that's i guess that's how the three string came about more mm-hmm. mostly but traditionally it's four strings interesting but the tuning is about the tuning is about the same as the three string except for the bo- one closest to your hand is tuned exactly the same as the middle and i'm assuming well, I'm gonna say assuming, but I guess from like watching like folks like yourself and other uh players of the instrument, they're not fretted, right? Like it's almost like a violin in that sense where you're where you know, where you bend the strings or 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 I don't know what the technical term is, the correct term, but you know, it's not like a where's your A, C, G, you know. Yeah, it's it's, not it's, fretted, it's right? actually microtonal it's microtonal. Okay, okay. 
but um, it doesn't also it does not have a fingerboard either. So, right, yeah, it's it's you have nothing to press down on. Yeah. So from 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 bluegrass to rock and heavy metal, which I think the transition from bluegrass into metal is is almost seamless because it's kind of like black metal is is bluegrass with like electric guitars and 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 distorted tones and things you know like you can almost see like how the the ferocity and and the seemingly chaotic nature of of bluegrass has mirror or mirrors into such extreme versions of metal as say like black metal do you do you see the similarities there too as as a practicing musician or am i just like talking out of my butt here yeah i see i see some similarities to it there's some different techniques of course Oh, right. To, um, yeah, I mean they're playing not... it like, like when do you when do you see um a bluegrass musician play arpeggios? Mm. Well, technically, if you look at ba- melodic banjo, I'll, I'll go I'll, I'll go back on that. Melodic banjo has more and mandolin styles and violins will probably do more arpeggio stuff than say like a guitar would play mm-hmm. in bluegrass. Or uh, or dobro or yeah, or, I've always I've always loved the incorporation of banjo. Anyway, I mean I like I like the sound of a banjo. I think it's very, um, I don't know. I mean it's just it's just like one of those sounds that you can't mimic with anything else. It, it's 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 yeah. so unique and it and it has its own sound and you know it's it's a telltale sound, kind of much like the the, the toggle harp or the toggle harp. It's it's it has a very yeah. distinct sound to it. You can't mistake it for anything else. And I think yeah, that's why it, I like it, it. It changes also across the different styles too, because you have your traditional banjo that dates back to the African times. Then you have minstrel banjo. Then you have your um, uh, frailing or clawhammer banjo sound, which is which is the open backs. And then you have your shrug style, which is your three finger style playing. Then you go into melodic banjo, which is the same thing in the three finger style format, but just a little bit more complicated. And then you have four string Irish banjo. Yeah, see, now I think, you know, and I never see, I, I'm, I'm learning stuff here today too, because I never realized that, um, as you said, that there's um, history with, with a, a style of banjo that, that is a, a, from the African continent. Um, but I learned so much about music and instruments, right? Like, there's um they don't sound exactly the same but they have a very similar sound i don't know what the correct term is but in like mongolian folk music there's like this huge bowed thing and it's got two or three strings there it is yeah that one have you ever Mm -hmm. like are you familiar with that instrument and and yeah yeah um i actually like uh the band the who yeah oh yeah come on now yeah i I, I can go down them yeah (laughs) Tanger Cavalry, I don't know if you ever heard of them. They kind of pre- uh were like the who's I don't want to say necessarily predecessor, but they they I I almost feel like Tanger Cavalry were the pioneers of what we have now in terms of Mongolian folk metal. Because the Who yeah. started really making a, a stamp on the music scene. Um I, I mean I didn't find out about the Who until I'd already heard of Tanger Cavalry. Um uh, so I don't I know. I think if I've it's, heard of them I think I've heard them play. I just I'm not, I have to relook them up and stuff yeah man i'll i'll I'll, uh i'll I'll connect with you and send you some stuff because um when i so the reason i i found out about them is i was at the time doing a lot of press for um and like album reviews publication for um different bands and it just so happened that one of the um labels or promotion companies that i was doing work through sent me information on Tanger Calvary saying that they were coming through the area on a on a on a tour hmm. and wanted me to come by and, and interview them and uh do an album review and, and all this other or do a review and and, and and an interview. And what was also interesting was at the time the um so the PR companies who contacted me, the promoters who booked the show were people who I knew at the time in in Nashville. So it worked out really well. I was like, hey, Kayla, Malcolm, you know, like I I, I was contacted by, I can't remember the name of the PR company, um, but like the PR company, was it Adrenaline maybe? But they had like ties to like some pretty major bands, you know, like Lamb of God, Megadeth, and some of these like 
pretty big names. I'm like, hey, I was, re- you know, I was contacted by this PR company when we come by and they're like, yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, give, it, give us your name and a plus one. We'll have you on the guest list. So that's how I got turned on to Tanger Calvary, became friends with their vocalists. And then tragically, um, about a year or two after I met them or whatever, uh, the vocalist uh, tragically passed, um, took his own life, which was really sad. Mm. And uh, but again, you know, got into their music and was like, man, this is like this is groundbreaking, you know, like yeah, folk music that is turned into like extreme varieties of it. And then next thing you know, um, like I think they ended up getting signed to either it was either Nuclear Blast or Napalm Records or some big, you know, extreme music label. Yeah, and one of, course, of the um, heavy metal ones like that. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, with with uh, Nature was the guy's name, the singer or the lead vocalist with him passing, you know, of course, they pretty much just put it to bed. But after that, I like learned about the who and um and that sort of thing and i was like wow man i don't know if i would have i'm sure i would have heard of the who but i wouldn't have been exposed to that kind of music prior to um that and so i feel i guess maybe like a almost an obligation to mention the 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 tenger calvary folks every time i hear about the who i'm like yeah you may not have had that or we may not have been there with that you know without tenger calvary first but um yeah that's fascinating i had no idea that the banjo had its place in um africa you know anything about that yeah. or, or it's the, the style of music i don't know if i've heard of anything from it it basically um it i, I can't remember exactly all the details there right. is a what there's one famous woman uh, who's trying to revive that style of music and the banjo looked completely different back then sure and and it's not the um it actually branched off from different instruments similar to it that had that one string that's up on the neck okay that little high string that little high string there gotcha i to do some research actually, and look into that yeah. that's pretty neat though yeah i actually started learning how to play like three finger style banjo last year yeah how's that been <laughs> my, um i'm progressive right now i have i've put it down for a while because yeah. i've been focused on um this um the um tiger hopper and yeah Scaldic works. works around. Yeah. yeah, I've been busy. I've been busy with that for the past couple of months, trying to get well, that good. promoted. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. Now that's a good segue into into it all. So obviously, you know, a a a pretty vibrant background in music has led you to producing music and sharing it with the world through. I guess you have YouTube. Um, any other yeah. platforms that you use to share your music on I use, yeah i have um uh, my music is actually on mostly all um, platforms that you can think of like spotify or as i call it swat the fly <laughs> sometimes um then i'm also on deezer nice and let's see i'm on apple music which includes itunes yep and then i have I think Amazon Music and it's on iHeartRadio and it's supposed to be on Pandora, but I'm still not seeing it on there yet. They take a while because I know when I was kicking all this podcast stuff out, like I don't know if I have people that listen through Pandora. It took a while for me to get, I don't know, like approved or whatever to have my content distributed. Like I submitted my thing for it and it took them like a month almost to to get back to me but um so that's cool man and and um the how often do you release content through like your youtube i know you do our lessons um kind of yeah, teaching every now yeah i ever i had started that series basically as a a way to teach people because i felt that there was lack of instruction in english on youtube on youtube and that those who have made those videos or said they were said they were going to make them only made one video mm. and it had it has been either months to year a year before they followed up mm. and i usually release i try to release at least once a week mainly mm. on a thursday okay and I, cool. I usually follow my analytics a little bit so i can 
see when they're going to be around. So yeah. release it. I yeah. started last week. I started playing with premieres, and I was supposed to release it on Thursday last last week, and I kind of goofed. <clears throat> I said it for <laughs> I said it for um, Friday instead of um, Thursday at uh, twelve. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like I've done that. I was like. I was like after work. I was like on my way out out from work, and I looked at my phone. And I'm like, I thought I missed my premiere, and then I looked at it, and it still said premiere, and I'm like, what? And then uh, I looked at it, and then I looked at it again. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I've done that yeah. before with with this stuff because you know these these podcasts, you know, they air the same time on Thursday mornings every week, and I've in the past I've like you know you look at a calendar uh for when you want to premiere it and you, you know you, you're off a day or you think a certain date is on a certain date or you know and and i it's classic you know it happens so yeah. at least you know well once a week for like lesson type videos what about um are you recording i don't know an ep or an album or anything right now or do you have no, anything? i just I, I tend to um want to um release it once um single at a time right now mm-hmm. and then once i get enough um, I may compile it to a EP, yeah, and then probably to an album. But right now, I've been like I said, I've been um, in the process of moving right now, so it's kind of difficult for me to stay focused on yeah. recording anything. Yeah, until you get settled again, for sure. Yeah, I may I may do a uh, quick uh, record some of the one, old ones, the old videos I made, um, um like um. There's an unnamed song I have that I really like that I kept, mm-hmm. but I, have, I really have to name it soon. But I, I'm trying to like revisit those, and my plan is to later on uh, re-release Secret Blood. Um, that song I'm going to record that and release that probably at Seek near Secret Blood. Oh, very cool! <laughs> Again next year. Yeah, as, as a as a full um, full production release, so Very it nice. sounds a lot, but it'll be like a lot better with more accompaniment and stuff like that. Uh, if you don't mind, like, what's your what's your, I don't know, like writing, composing, and and assembling process like? You know, what 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 gets you to the point of 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 writing a song and and actually releasing one? Like, what's the what inspires you to do it? What what you know whether it's the naming of the song the 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 composition of it like what's your what's your process like first of all i suck at lyrics <laughs> i'm not a lyricist whatsoever neither can i um uh, speak old norse fluently i mean i can understand it i can pronounce it mm-hmm. but i cannot i can't think of the words sure and and i can't think of the words in english either so it's like my mind's all jarbled in there. So basically my music process is more of like a freestyle music process. Um, it's like like using a, a, a drum, a shaman drum to meditate with. I will meditate with the toggle harpa sometimes. Wow. I'll get into this, I'll lose myself in this trance until I find something that, that sounds good or sounds correct or sounds right. And then I'll say, okay, I'm going to hang on to this. Sometimes I have to record it and I'll be like, sometimes I'll be um, in my, like in my underwear sometimes mm-hmm. um, and just hit record because I'm just jamming away on it. And those of you won't see on YouTube at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if you want that kind of premium content, you know, you might have to subscribe or something, you know, get a, you know, <laughs> An OF going yeah. for you know uh, underwear Tala harp tunes or something I don't know but <laughs> yeah like like a, like a Patreon <laughs> yeah yeah you know hey you want you want this you're gonna have to fork it over a little bit you know but yeah but uh, the 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 thing is it's like it's like really lethargic to me when I do it so mm-hmm. I get to where I can like again that again that center, when I find something I like then I usually name it based on what it sounds like. Okay. For instance, for instance, um, "Call the Ancestors," which is my last big single, or my first big single, and you know, full production, that came 
with me um, creating the uh, melody first. Mm. And then I started adding drum, like a drum beat, which is kind of, you're kind of limited when you only have one drum and it's, it's a 10-inch um, hoop because it's very high sounding, not a low, deep sound. Yeah. So so what I did was I I played around with it um, and did a small segment with different drum beats and stuff that all sounded great. And I decided I would, one of these drum beats I could also duplicate and lower it mm-hmm. in, in the doll. So I did that so it sounded like a lower drum. And I, it, it would turn out to be like a two minutes, the 30 seconds um, piece. And I was like, well, what does that sound like? You know? Mm. And I was like, call the answer just came to my head. head. But when I wrote Secret Bloat, it was like right after Ostara. And that was the next holiday coming up. So yeah. I was like, well, this is appropriate. The time frame of it all, yeah. Yeah. So that's neat um, that how, and I was kind of like keying in on what you were saying, how the music um, can guide you into this trance-like state almost where you let, you get lost in the rhythm, you get lost in the, 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 the auditory parts of it, you know? Um, yeah. Of course, drumming is, is always been a, a component of shamanic, you know, journeying and trance work, right? Just, but I think music in general has that ability to, bring us places that we otherwise wouldn't be you know it'll it'll trigger memories of things or it'll it'll put us in a in a a state of mind that takes us away from our conscious selves you know yeah and being able to play that music not just listening to it um but being able to be a part of that process it's it's kind of like giving you that uh connection you know it's 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 a it's the physical connecting of, of the trance or of, of, of traveling away from this physical place, you know? And so yeah. you've, you're, I uh, don't want to assume, but I mean, with your aesthetic and, and the style of music that you play, you are a, would you, would you call yourself Norse pagan? Pretty much. Norse um, Norse, um, heathen. I do venture into the dramatic as well. Okay. Um, take a little because I I have a mixed bloodline and naturally a mixed bloodline. Mm-hmm. Like for um for instance, um, my my ancestry just jumps all over the place every now and then. It went from like one point it went from being like ten percent Scandinavian to one percent Swedish to five percent Norwegian. Mm-hmm. But I have do have some uh, Scotch in me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of us, some, I think. And I have some um, like other Britons and stuff, and some Irish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for like, I, for, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was saying I just get from the um, Anglo-Saxon roots and stuff as well. So I try to incorporate a lot of different dramatic beliefs. Yeah, that's what I was going to try to touch on. Is you know, so there might be folks listening that are confused when we say well norse germanic like isn't it all the same thing it is but it isn't there's regional differences because the norse are strictly scandinavian and the scandinavian countries like denmark sweden norway iceland pulled from mainland germania which is where the saxons are uh from so you're talking like you know britain ireland scotland some of the um some of the countries that are what they are today um and originated in the mainland Germanic region and have separated out from there. So that's why, you know, we see uh, even in certain uh, Slavic countries, you know, we see um, the Slavic Rus, you know, um, which are the, 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 um, uh, or the Swedish Rus, excuse me, uh, that were the uh, founders, you know, so that's where like your Russian uh, people and all that come from the, the Slavic people. But um so that's yeah. what we, that's what he's, you know, folks are like, you know, what he's talking about, about being Germanic and, and Norse too, like having ancestral ties to different parts of the world. It's not. And so when it comes to like the, the, the religious practices or the spirituality, yes, there are some very close similarities to 
um, the names of the gods, you know, um, Woden versus Odin, Donar versus Thor, you know, Tu versus Tyr, um, and some of the likes. And then, uh, so, so the, the practices, I think the, the, the traditions maybe, um, made their way further north to, into the Scandinavia. And that's why we, you know, see a lot of, um, those, those religious practices similar in, 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 in those respective areas. Yeah. I still usually primarily use the Norse names mostly, mm-hmm. but I do use sometimes interchange, even in my prayers and my rituals personal rituals i'll call thor by many names or yeah. his many names like i call him donner thunar yeah and then i call um tier like t sometimes yeah and i call um Freuer, um ing ing yeah i've done the yeah. same we've 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 have a similar so our you know little group here um is clarity folk and and clarity is is a name for thor it's it's thunderer you know it's I think yeah. attested to in one of the sagas or, or or somewhere I don't remember exactly where, but it's a name that refers to him. And so um, you know, we are Thor's folk or Thor's people, people of the th- it's Hluridi, I think, is probably most uh closely translated to or loosely translated to as thundering storm. Like it it it's definitely uh connotated to Thor, but the Hluridi is is thundering storm. So people of the thundering storm. But I've I've used Donar um as a as a name during a specific uh anglo-saxon bade or prayer so i've used like uh a, a fire blessing ritual or land blessing ritual with fire where the name of floor is, is summoned to bless the area but it's it's said in old english and yeah old english is a germanic language just like old norse is it's 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 it's, it's old germanic proto yeah. it, it, they all have roots in proto-germanic language yeah. so they are cognate in the ways they have similar words for similar yeah. things but yeah i've done yeah, the a same. lot of the words that we a lot of the words that we use as heathens are mostly um old english as well mm-hmm. yeah exactly i think i talked about this um one one particular word i talked about it on a very recent podcast and that was the word for um of frith so frith yeah. is is a word that we see um cognate to the english modern english word of friend um uh, so it's weird uh, weird is a uh, old english yes yeah weird old um, english it, is it, weird it, but weird is old english i know what you mean by yeah. w-y-r-d yeah. like weird yeah yeah but, weird. But it's, yeah <laughs> but it's pronounced like See, it's oh well that's weird you know like as it is and it's yeah. odd <laughs> yeah. well that's where that's where weird came from though mm-hmm. our modern english for weird came from that but um it, the old norse connective would probably be Urd. yeah um, so the yeah so you know yeah. there's there's that concept of and so that's another interesting thing too is i've used that term weird um and and some of the metaphysical um things about mainland germanic heathenry like so like saxon heathenry uh i've used and 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 still adopt some some of those beliefs whereas i don't think they are quite so largely recognized in in scandinavia is that the concept of the web of weird and or the well the the well concept you know like there's this yeah. um understanding of of what gets fed into the well is yeah. um going to feed the future so you know the the well of urut is 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 what we it it, it you know it, it it's what contains orlog or orle in in, in old english yeah. it's it's what contains the past actions and the past deeds that build into the to the here and now and then what we add here and now becomes for the future, the 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 the, uh, the school, the the future, the what should or what shall be, um, yeah. But I think those are those are I think that the whole concept of you know adding luck to the well, um, that is that is mainland Germanic beliefs. That is a Saxon heathenry, I think through and through. I don't I don't know of a, a a tried and true documented source, at least anyway, that that suggests that Scandinavians had identical or similar things. I could be wrong. Again, I'm still picking up and learning on a lot of it but well so am i i'm still i'm still young at it yeah how long have you yeah. been heathen um you okay self-proclaimer self-proclaimer practicing um i would say when did you first realize so maybe self-proclaim like when did you first realize that this is 
kind of who you are you know the old gods were what we're calling to you or your ancestors like uh, you can talk about that if you want so i would say yeah self-proclaiming well, the, okay here's okay, we'll go over the history of that um i started out back in about 2013 so that'll be a rough it was late 2013 about ish at that i started um i was i was breaking off of christianity for the second time because I, I tried it again and I found it was not for me. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the things they said was just not connecting. Because I could, well, I could not agree with, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, for instance, the church that I was going to, they were saying that if you, if somebody would not convert, that it's best to not associate with them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm like, like, what happens if you're married to that person? Yeah. And you and you don't want to break it off. Like, does that say condone divorce? Which mm-hmm. they, they also condemn? Oh, so, uh, yeah. So the contradictions. Yeah, contradictions. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I started looking into it a little bit more. I I mean, I came across, across a lot of, uh, I also, I listened to a lot of music and stuff that contains songs about the deities come on marth <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. yeah but um that's one thing that got me into it and then vikings did get into me to me for a while and i do admit that for a quite a few but one or two year one and a half two two years probably i was brosa true mm-hmm. <laughs> but they would they consider brosa true but yeah. i started of realized like wait valhalla doesn't sound like the only way to go you know and I started looking into it more. I didn't read that much at first, um, but I did watch some videos and stuff on it of the of the mythos. And for some time, when I when I um, moved back to where I live now, from I used to live in Pulaski, Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. That's not it. much to do up there. <laughs> no, there's not much to do unless you're part of the clan. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, but they have good food. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, hey, it's the South, man. You you, you almost you're hard pressed to find bad food here yeah. in the South, you know. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was some. There was I had fallen some bad times up there, so I decided to move back. And for a while, I was still self-proclaimed. You know, I was, I wore Milnir. I uh, I did not go to any events or anything. I was a, I have a friend of mine, and she invited me to events, but I never did go mm-hmm. because I was I was mostly focused on music again with the heavy metal stuff. I was just too focused on that, trying to either start a band or join a band or get good. Sure. And then COVID hit, hit and then that's when I started looking inward. <clears throat> gotcha um that's wild man just to pause for a second and think about how something that is so earth-shattering and so life-changing for everybody like there's not literally a person on this planet that hasn't been affected some way or form or fashion by by covid yeah right yeah and 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 that was for you at least a thing that kind of caused you to shift your focus into something that has i'm going to let you finish your story, but I did just want to say, lead you in a different direction or move you in a direction that is better for yourself. So. And that's when I started, that's when I started reading the the poetic and some other books. I mean, I, I got one of these basic books, like you get like at Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. And I started reading that for a while. Then I ordered a copy of the Edda, started reading that. Um, I'm still working on. I've, I've been working on this for two about a year and a half. The second, um, co- uh, the second um, volume of Outroth. Okay. Um, one thing I always say to myself: I am a terrible pagan, but I'm a damn good heathen. Sorry about the language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, some people I, use those terms interchangeably, but the, you know, not all heathens, yeah. not all pagans are heathens, but all heathens are pagans. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason why I say this, the reason why I say this is because I I 
can't stay focused on my reading so much and stuff. And I'm always distracted by, um, like, say, like, social media and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, and I do need, and I do get out every now and then, but I don't get out enough. And, right. but when I do, I feel rejuvenated, which that's why another way why it made sense because I always, like, used to hike a lot and I realized I can go for hours in the woods but if I'm outside if I'm out like cutting grass in a field I'm just dogging like yeah it's just like so hot and like my energy's like low yeah and I'm like I like trees I like trees and I like small bodies of water mm-hmm. like rivers and yeah you know, rivers lakes and um streams same but um not very big on the ocean i mean that's where i grew up from like so i'm from you know the northeast i'm from new york and and i literally grew up near very large bodies of salt water i mean i was an hour away from the atlantic ocean i was 10 minutes from the long island sound which is a it's the body of water that separates the north shore to connecticut so but it's salt water and it you know it's tidal and it has you know all of the, the the things of the salt up the sea you know so there's there's that i think deep down connection for me but i grew up in the woods man i i grew up whenever i wanted to play or or do anything it was you know i didn't care about the video games i didn't want to go watch movies i wanted to be out in nature man i wanted to climb trees i wanted to you know walk through the swamps and and stuff so the so you know the hardwoods the 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 upstate and in the forest you know the streams the rivers the, that sort of thing that's where i feel the most like at home when I'm in nature is, is there, I always have this, like, that's a felt. Oh, go ahead. No, I say, I always have this, like maybe yearning perhaps for the, for the sea, you know, just cause I think it's yeah close to me in my heart from where I was born and raised, but yeah, it's not nearly as, it's yeah. not nearly as prominent for me as just being out amongst the trees and in the river and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm always called to the mountains myself. Mm. And but the thing is, I do find myself enjoying a good ocean um, walk or something like that around the ocean. Oh yeah, as long as it's not like a a, a deserted beach like area where there's a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, where you have it's, it's just like, you, you in like, the sea kind of deal. Like, like cliffs or something like that, like like seaside uh, seaside cliffs or yeah. even like um when it, when it's like crystal. When the, yeah. when the ocean's like crystal like in the caribbean oh for sure for sure but like you go down here to go shores i'm like me <laughs> or, yeah or florida <laughs> panama city beach like i've been there so many times and and that's pretty nice because it's the gulf coast but yeah you know there's yeah. certain areas that just speak better to you or, or speak yeah. more to you so yeah i mean yeah self-proclaimed heathen for almost a decade now you'd say because i mean you're talking you know late 2013 we're going to be in 2023 soon so you know you've been yeah. you've been dabbling at least a bit for the biggest yeah. part of a decade and um yeah. how Ryan. much is how much has your music helped with the whole pr- progress in in your paganism or your heathenry whatever label you want to put to it as like how much has that been a part of your part of your path because you know I look at some of the examples of skaldic. I mean, skaldic poetry is is a big thing in in Norse and Germanic culture. It's it. They were the storytellers. They were the ones yeah. that that presented things to kings and 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 the royal courts. And they had they had a very very prominent place in society. Um, has that been a part of your like practices? Like, does, do you do you get feel like there's any ties to i don't know maybe bragi or, or some of the other like scald uh, yeah type gods or um yeah bragi is um one of my um ones i kind of look to i don't offer to him as much but i do um he flow he flows through me whenever i play yeah I the only thing is sometimes i think my music is also kind of a distraction from my heathenry practice hmm. like like sometimes, like I, I feel like I have to practice more than I have to read. Yeah. Practice meaning but, like practice music or practice as a heathen. Uh, no, practice music and then uh, uh, over over reading something. Yeah. But well, I want to I want to key in me, on that though because you know yeah. you're 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 doing it 
You're it's the living yeah. part of your beliefs. You could yeah. sit and read, you know, all 700 and some odd different Icelandic sagas, and you could read the Hyland, and you could read all these different texts and become book smart. But how are you living it? How are you? Because live heathenry is a living religion. This is a living folkway. Yeah, yeah. I and would that's argue. Why I said, that's the reason why I said I was a good heathen, though. But I, yeah, exactly. I under, I, yeah, I understand the social constructs of the heathen of the heathen the heathen constructs that they used. Like the um the whole idea of tri- uh tribe and kindred mm. and kin. Yeah. That's funny because I got I get I get asked a lot of times, well maybe not a lot, but I, I, I got asked recently by a very close friend of mine. Um he's like, So you've read any good books lately? And I was like, No, I don't really read a lot. I'm too busy doing stuff, <laughs> you know, and I felt bad in a way because I'm like, wow, you know, this guy's pretty into reading you know what i mean like and he's always looking for you know really interesting reading materials and stuff and i was like i got nothing for you man not at least not right now because i'm not that's not where my head is that's not where my focus is i'm not too much interested in getting stuck in a book not that there's anything against it i think it's great but i that's not where i was at so i was like i really got nothing to offer you man i'm sorry now if you're looking to you know talk about what it's like you know walking in a river for three quarters of a mile then i'm your guy (laughs) you know or (laughs) yeah or or understanding the uh construct of 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 the heathen booze and stuff you know yeah and you know it's I, like I, I think there might be value to a mix of a healthy mix of all like i mean there's there's definitely a place for taking time to study and learn i mean i think there's yeah. not enough of that to go around for for a lot of us and then you know there's some people that that's all that they do. That's all that. And they are so smart and they're so giving of their knowledge. You know, there's a lot of content creators that do that. And I'm like, man, you know, if that's like a full-time job just to be in the academia, yeah. academia parts of it all, you know, like yeah. you are a walking encyclopedia of Northern culture and, and archeological findings and, and languages and, and such like that's yeah. almost a full-time job. If you, if you, want to make it such yeah i don't have time for that you know some do do. like some do yeah Yeah. but more power to them man that's great and then they're you know the ones that want to share it then for folks like us that don't have the interest or the desire to get you know buried in a book we can go to those guys yeah and you can play your music and i can you know go wait in a river for hours or whatever yeah you know so yeah, man. And, that's, yeah, go ahead. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's um crazy where like things are our past lead. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure you're probably. Um, I, I think all of us have a similar story in that, you know, the heathen or the pagan, you know, whatever the person that we are today is not the same person that we were yesterday. It's not the same person that we were last year. It's not the same person that we were. I don't practice. The way that I do, I don't live as a heathen the way I do uh, the same way as I did even last year or five years ago yeah. or whatever, right? Like I've I've evolved and I've grown so much and I'm growing and evolving every day. And it's really, I think a lot of us have a similar story to tell, you know, like you were saying, starting things off yeah. where you, you, you ended up at a point where you were pretty brosatrue. I've never yeah. talked to anybody that openly admitted to that, you know? <laughs> and so that's, that's, that's like, oh, that's reality, man. Like that's refreshing. And to yeah. have that, that honesty I mean, is noble. I, I carry you know? that, I carry that shame with me everywhere I go. And I'm and I use as, a, as a laughing point. Yeah. It's like a joke. Hey, yeah. You know? I, mean, I, like, I mean, I slip, I slip and fall down and laugh about it. <laughs> well, you almost like, have to, like, you know? Like Not- one time, like one, like one time we were, um, I was at work one time, you know, and we were agging this one person on because he backed into a pole with a forklift. And here I am just talking about making pole jokes, you know, <laughs> and then I collide with that same pole. <laughs> and I'm so, just sitting there laughing, because, laughing because I like, look, and then I'm making pole jokes about me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you got put in check there for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but you you end up laughing about it, you know. I, I mean, it could have been worse. 
you got to learn from your mistakes. I think it's, you know, I, you know, it's, it, the mistake is only bad if you don't learn from it. And, and however yeah. big or small you want to consider, right. Um, obviously I think the whole, um, you know, Brosa true thing is, is largely due to pulp, uh, pop media and pop yeah. culture and things that just really strike certain people's fancy and nerve. You know, they, they're like, yeah. ah, you know, I'm a descendant of Ragnar and descendant of Rollo. Yeah. You and like literally 90% of Scandinavia or whatever, like you, you're nothing special, buddy. Like, I mean, get yeah. over yourself. Um, and but if, you that know, gets just, you, if that gets you through the door though, that gets you through the door. But exactly to that, to that point, right? Like that was a gateway for you. It was, it was something that led yeah. you to where you are now. And, and it's not the yeah. end point, but it, it, it was a point. And the, the yeah. point being is that you use that as a, as a, as a means to figure things out for yourself and to actually find where the living heathenry resides. Yeah. It's not in, yeah. it's not, it's not necessarily in the stories on hundred percent. It's not, it's not in the, the mantras. It's not in, you know, it's in living it. It's in doing it. It's in being about it. And to whatever end that might yeah. be for some, it might be very shamanic for some, it may be animistic for some, it might be music. Yeah. Yeah. For others, it might be crafts, you know, craftsmen and women that people that weave, people that sew, people that carve, people that, you know, work I envy with their those hands. people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. Our 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 heathen communities are so diverse and 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 encompass so many different walks of life. That's I think one of the beautiful things about you know, just paganism, but but heathenry as yeah. a whole. Like there, there yeah. are so many things going on that, that fits so many different, like, you don't have to be the warrior, you know, you don't have to yeah. be a badass. You can be yeah. the weaver. You can be the the musician. You yeah. can be a quiet herbalist. You can sit at yeah. home and just, you know, garden yeah. and be a good heathen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no dogma. There's no, like, you have to be, you don't have to be a rune reader. Yeah. You don't have to do any yeah. of those things. It's whatever you're inspired and called to do. And then yeah. you, how you live it, how you yeah. live it sincerely. Yeah. And that's one of the, I think that, you know, just the most refreshing things, you know, you're sitting yeah. here talking about the decade or so that you've been a heathen and then how much of that time has been sent, spent around music and, and, and yeah. expressing your heathenry through song or through music. Yeah, That's beautiful, yeah. you know, but I can admit that I still am into like some, some gross true type things. Like I do enjoy um historical combat like hema oh yeah i mean that's I because mean, uh, it's 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 a science it's it's a martial art it's a yeah it's a martial art at one point before before i was into the viking thing i was mostly into the samurai stuff mm -hmm. like the katanas and stuff like that yeah and then oh yeah and then yeah. i started getting more into like european martial arts and stuff and I realized that this is just as good you know, I was always, I used to be the, oh, the katana is better than the, um, than the, <laughs> the long medieval sword. <laughs> sword. Yeah. Like, no, they all had their own attributes. Yeah. They were, they were crafted for certain purposes to, to be used in a certain way. And they, you know, in the in right hands. Region. Yeah. Culturally, regionally. I mean, and in the right hands, they're all equally deadly. Yeah. In the right trained hands, they're all equally deadly. So I don't think it's a matter of, you know which one's better than the other it's which one was you know cuz you got to look at that too like the katana was designed as a slash and stuff type weapon because of the armor that was used at the time like yeah you could slice open things with with the katana and then you know you look at the 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 heavy and weighty uh european broadswords or longswords like those things were meant to not necessarily slash as they much were meant to pierce and to crush like you had to, well, they, you weren't had, you actually, had to they weren't they weren't actually um that weighty actually they were actually very light and balanced yeah true you're right you can you can change they, direction easily yeah the, you're, um, you're right but um it was well, they were more flexible as well so if they if they glanced off of you that's the other thing is um katana is a little bit more brittle when it came hmm. to full force bluntness well yeah the thing mean, is they were you know bamboo versus steel you know or, or the the type yeah. of armor that they had to, to 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 cut through you know i mean yeah different different style different different sort of thing yeah but and also yeah. the steel was passed down because it was so rare in, the, in that country yeah that's true too and 
it's 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 an interest, it's interesting though. The only thing the interesting part about katana though is it's held in by one pin. You talking about the tang? How it's how it's like? Yeah, the tang is held. That yeah, it's it's held in um, to to its handle to the hilt um, mm-hmm. by um, one pin. It's made of bamboo. I'll tell you what, man. Bamboo is some of the the, the lightest and 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 most durable material. Like, I mean, literally, homes yeah. are built out of this stuff. And in, 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 it's incredible yeah. how lightweight, but how strong it is. You know. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise. But they me they were using steel for at one point for that pin, but they um, changed the bamboo because the bamboo the um the blade would wiggle and mm-hmm. warp that pin. So they uh, would just use bamboo so they could just see to easily snap it and replace it. Yeah, and I mean it's 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 readily sourced because it's indigenous yeah. to the land. So you know that and they can make their own. Deal. Right, the yeah, samurai make their own. Yep. That's I, found that. I, I, I learned that actually a couple of days ago. Hmm. Oh, I just learned it now because I didn't realize that it was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize that either. So I learned another thing today. Yeah. You always. I'm always learning. I like learning. You got to man. You can't stay whether it's a yeah. book or whether it's through life practices. You know. I mean. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't learned something new today, and then don't learn something new tomorrow, then you've wasted a day. Yeah. Always, always yeah. look to learn something new. Is I think is is a yeah. good, whether it's a word or or a historical fact or how to do something, learn a new skill, yeah. learn a new word, learn learn something new, man. Like open new up, trade. yeah, broaden your knowledge to be of better service to the community around you, to the people around you, because you never know when that yeah. knowledge could get put to use and you could help, you know, yeah. people near to you and dear to you. Yeah, yeah. Just like just like last year, I think it was either last year or the year before it may have been it may have been last year where i started learning how to brew and i've only made uh three batches like four batches but of mead yeah mead yeah mead that's a fun that's a fun process yeah it's um the thing is um i'm i know my ratios now because that's the the key part my second batch conked out like at seven point eight six percent. It's like when it quit, and I'm like, okay, this can be really sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those low and, ABV volumes tend to be a bit yeah. more lockjaw sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and, but the thing is, I used um, one pound too much, I, mm. and that, and that, and in the, in the uh, third batch as well, I was using um, a three to one. And I was making it in big batches, like five gallons. And the uh, I went sixteen pounds for the five gallons of fifteen. Whoa! I think it would be a little bit sweeter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, the the one conked out, the other one went to twelve. <laughs> Live and learn, right? It's 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 alchemy, it's chemistry. It's you got to figure out that yeah. sweet spot, you know. And you learn yeah. a skill, you learn, you learn something out of it all, you know, you know what yeah. the the ratios are, what the right proportions are. And then once you figure that part out, you're off yeah. to the races, you're good to go. Yeah. I've kind of slowed down on that because of my music and my oh, work sure. and stuff. Yeah. You have too much busy. going on, it, you know, you get a bit overwhelming, but uh, so for this, yeah. for the folks that want to keep up with your scholarly works thing, cause that seems like a really focused effort on your part. Of course. Yeah. Um, is there like I mean we, we're gonna we're gonna uh, put the YouTube channel link in the description and in the show notes of the podcast we're gonna put as much as we can. Do you guys do you have like a I don't know like a link tree or anything that everybody can go to and then find all your it's stuff a, there? Yeah, I have a link tree now. Sweet. Um, I can I can uh, I'll send that to you or you can copy it from my uh, it's in my um in underneath my videos now. Okay, great. Yeah, so anybody that watches your videos knows that it's there, but we'll definitely yeah. annotate that in the show notes and in the description of of, of this podcast, so that way yeah. people that want to know more about your music and, and maybe learn, right? Maybe they want to pick up the instrument yeah. themselves and they can learn from watching yeah. your videos. Um, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I also now have created merch. Oh, okay, good. Merchandise. That's I love, I love merchandise, yeah. you know, so... yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going through um, Teespring or it's now Spring, I think now. Yep, that's that's where I do my merch too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. The thing is, the thing was, my my problem was for a while figuring out how to get my uh, logo on there without creating a background. Yeah, like make it transparent and stuff. I found I I have a friend that was actually he's actually an old colleague from my old job. Yeah, and he finally figured out how to get the my black logo to version to. Oh yeah, like go thing as like, well, can we make a white one and a red one, please? Nice. That's always good to have those hookups. Yeah. The reason why I want to do a red one, though, is if I do it like on gray, it will like the um, old um, runestones. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, you have merchandise, so people can definitely um, support you in that way. And as I said, it is a great way to support because not only are you getting, you know, monetary kickback from the sale of your merchandise, but people are um, advertising your, your, your brand. You know, so people yeah. are like, oh, that's cool. Where do I get that? And then they, you know, it, yeah. it, you know, it points you back to to that whole yeah. thing. So, yeah, yeah, that's I created it this man. week. I actually created that stuff this weekend, so I'm I'm waiting until on my next paycheck to order me a sample. <laughs> oh yeah, I've done that before too, and I actually have some stuff on my own store that I'm like, I want to order me something like that. I want to be able to wear it too. Yeah. I'm terrible about yeah advertising my own brand, but that's yeah. that's a job in and of itself. You get yeah. it, you get it, yeah. but yeah. The spring spring hoodies are so soft though they are man they're, they're yeah. great quality so i mean here we are yeah. right i mean not a sponsor um yeah but you know spring.com and like if you're gonna look to make your own merchandise or for anything it's yeah. it's I've, I've gotten tons of good reviews on the quality yeah. of the the hoodies and the t-shirts i own one of my own t-shirts yeah. as well and it is it's good quality it's 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 well made yeah the the logo looks great yeah. you know yeah it, but so. once I get the white, like the white or red logos, I can start doing darker colors. <laughs> and the, yeah, so. Well, looking forward it's to also that. In the, it's, it's also in the link tree as well. I've added okay. that. Perfect. Well, then yeah. we're going to we're gonna put the link tree link definitely in the show notes and description. So that way, everybody that's yeah. listening and watching to this right now will have the opportunity to go check them out. And guys, please support content creators in general, but but support the heathen content creators. Go ahead and subscribe to uh, to Blake's channel, Skaldic Works. Follow him on any of the social medias that you find in his link tree. Buy his music if it's available. Purchase it. You know, stream it. Do whatever. Yeah, like it, yeah. it, it, it. Do all the things. Help is is is. You know, subscribing and following doesn't cost you anything. But if you're looking to help, you know, a hardworking individual out that's that's doing a lot of this stuff out of the labor of, of their own heart and the and the love behind it, consider offering your money as well. It definitely helps. But um, Blake, I'm going to wrap this up. If you have anything else that you want to add before we um, send the people on their way, you hang out for just a minute so I can properly right. bid you farewell. But um, yeah. anything else that no, you want to say have... before? Not much, actually. It's pr- pretty much said what's said. Yeah. All right, but... then. I appreciate your time, my man. Um, thank you for being a part of this. And for all of you that are listening and, and uh, you know, streaming, watching, whatever today, thank you for your support. Don't forget to check the description show notes for all the ways that you can support this podcast and Midgard Musings as a whole. Um, Check out Blake's work in Scaldic Works and all the ways that you can support him. And until we talk again, may the gods continue to notice you and may your ancestors smile upon you. Thanks for watching.